men need to make 10k a month. Their girlfriend should leave them if they don't. That video went viral. It pissed a lot of people off. I'm not wrong though. People don't vote with their mouths. They vote with their credit cards. You become perfect once you make money because then you can use your money as a tool to then look more perfect. For anybody who's thinking about doing paid traffic next year, I, I think you're going to say they but like, what do you think? Uh, you see all these ads, like three reasons. We'll get you 30 qualified book calls in the next 30 days. Everybody's running the same shit. How do you make your offer so sexy and different that people actually want to impulse buy? Second thing is, is three is focusing on the boring. And then fourth is honestly, I'm what's up? Well, builders today, as you can tell, my voice is still gone at this point. I think I have COVID, but it's all good. We are here today with an experienced ad buyer because for me, I'm trying to grow in the digital marketing side and every business, if you want to scale, needs more leads. And so I'm actually going to get super granular in this one. So if you've been looking for an episode on how to start running ads, I brought in a master. This guy has generated over $100 million for his clients. I'm going to ask him every little question that I want to know on running ads in 2024. I got Jason Wojo. What's up, man? What's up, bro? Thank you for coming by, dude. Of course. Yeah. Vegas is always a good trip. Yeah. How often do you come out? Maybe every four to five months I try to come out here. Okay. Nice. So we got connected. Um, I had just shot you a DM. I was like, hey, dude, like I want to have you on the podcast. Anytime I see anyone like making good content that I really think is good, I'll, I'll be like, hey, come on the pod. Let's talk about it. Because, uh, you know, for me, I'm just trying to grow every day. And one thing, one of your pieces of content that persuaded me, and I didn't tell you this, was that uh, you were like, hey, just get on Go High Level. Screw all of your other accounts and everything. And I was like, dude, I've been saying this because we're on like seven different things. And then everybody's been telling me for years to get on go high level. And then I finally like looked at it and I'm like, dude, this thing has everything. Like why? I don't even need anything else. It's crazy. Yeah. No, GHL is beating click funnels by a long shot. And like, it's your ESP, your text thing. Like you can track your sales reps better without having like 25 softwares. It's crazy. Yeah. So that was what, um, kind of like drew me and I was like, all right, you know what? I want to hear what else like he knows. Cause I don't, I don't know a ton on like the back end stuff, but I'm learning really quickly now that I'm like integrating myself into it. But, um, tell me a little bit about how you got started, you know, in the space. Yeah. So I was actually in culinary school, became a dropout. Hmm. You kind of um, look like a chef. I mean, yeah. Chefing up in the ads manager, but <laughs> <laughs> not in the kitchen anymore. Um, what'd you cook? Dude, I was cooking at a breakfast place. And I had no self-awareness when I was a kid. I was in high school. I had no clue what I wanted to do. Like I was the most sheltered kid you could think of. Like I had like a, you know, a quota to go to sleep at night at a certain time. Like I didn't really do much. Wow. And I asked my boss what I should do. And he's like, dude, just go to school. Like, you know, to cook breakfast sandwiches, you might as well. What? So I went to culinary <laughs> school and that's when I actually built like a good, like social, like I wasn't really good socially, but I was, once I went to college, I was kind of forced to like be good socially. Um, Are you homeschooled? No. Oh. I had a growing, just the weird kid. I mean, not the, not the one that like Naruto's down the hallway, but you know, I was, <laughs> I was just very underdeveloped. Like I was 4'11", 70 pounds. I had a growing deficiency and Whoa. then I had to take steroids. And then I grew to six, one within like three months. I went on how steroids. Old, how old were you when that happened? 17, 18. No yeah. way. Yeah. So I never like hit puberty like everybody else. What the yeah. heck? Do I did not look like this at all. What is that called? Um, Honestly, they didn't even know. They were just like, dude, you have a growing deficiency because my kidneys ha also had a like a kidney function. And I guess that was affecting the way that my like, you know, testosterone was hitting. And I was like, okay, well, that's weird. 
So she was like, hey, we just got to take you on steroids if you want to do it. So I went on bi-weekly shots. Dude, uh-huh. these shots were huge. They're about the size of your water bottle. <laughs> and they just stuck this needle in my back. Yeah. And Dang, then I started in your growing. back? Dude, yeah, right in your back. Yeah, like a like a lumbar. So, Whoa. yeah, it was crazy. And dude, then I I've been grew. taking peptides and TRT. It ain't in my back. That's crazy. Yeah, dude. And I grew within like three months. And then after that, I went to business school. I dropped out. Um, started flipping Pokemon cards on eBay and then nice. I started making motivational videos on Instagram. This brand hits me up, call hustle Island. They're like, Hey man, we'll send you some shirts and some hoodies. You can go shoot us some videos for it. I shot the videos, sent it back to Greg. He's like, dude, these outperformed all of our other videos for our ads. I was like, Oh shit. And he's like, all right, meet me in Connecticut. Cause I lived in New York at the time. And, uh, he wind up paying me like $4,000 a month, which at the time was a ton of money. Yeah. Like, I never even touched that in my life. Why were you filming motivation? Like, what were you? Because I hated motiv- college. I felt like I was getting thrown in this because my parents, they're like, uh, you either go to college or you move out or you pay us rent. And so I was like, shit. What, what were your motivational videos about? Like, don't oh, listen to your parents? Well, it, it was like, oh, dude, like college sucks. Like, you know, <laughs> don't go to college. Like, I can't wait to get out of here. I'm working on building an SMMA. And that's when I found Ty Lopez's course, took that. That's where you got interested. Yeah. Got it. So then uh, you start filming videos. You're good. And then what happens? Then I started like getting clients locally, like barbershops, like local stuff. I wasn't charging a lot, maybe 300 bucks a month yeah. just to do social media management. Um, and that was the time where I had to like really get past my money blocks and like figure out what I wanted to do. And then I saved up, you know, maybe like seven, eight grand. And then I moved out because my dad was like, yo, uh, you got to give us $600 a month in rent or get out. And I was like, I don't really want to pay you 600 bucks. I'd rather go somewhere else where I know I could probably get that. So I wound up moving to Orlando, Florida, and I lived in a room inside of a college house. And, um, yeah, I was paying seven fifty a month there. And that's when like, I really had to go into the whole like ropes of entrepreneurship. Like, Hey, like I got to pay all my bills on my own. Wow. And that was it. And I just like drove down there next day. And my dad was literally like, yo, we're going to change the locks tomorrow. I'm going to go home Depot. You either pay us 600 bucks or you're <laughs> out. And I was like, damn. Okay. So the next morning I went on Facebook marketplace. I messaged this guy, Steven. He FaceTimed me within 10 minutes and I gave him seven fifty on Venmo and I drove and that was it. That's crazy. Reminds me of, um, a little bit like, uh, Hormozzi's story. He, uh, this guy, Sam Bakhtiari, he, he went to his house and just basically DM'd him and was like, dude, I want to work for you. Learn the gym business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think he got a room at Sam's house or something like that yeah. as the legend goes, but, uh, that's crazy. So you started doing ads and everything else. Like how did that, like where you learn from Ty, right? Yeah. And I also learned from doing the stuff with Greg, with the clothing brand and like, you know, we were spending like maybe $2,000 a day at the time. Yeah. And I was like, that's a lot of money to me. And I was kind of scared. So I had to get spending like that. Grand a day is yeah, a lot. Dude, that's how I got past my money blocks was seeing how Greg was like throwing his Amex card at us. Like, yo, just spend money on ads. It's fine. And I was like, what is going on right now? And we were running a free plus shipping offer and it yeah. was crushing. We had a bunch of upsells. And that's why I learned a lot about click funnels, active campaign, ads, tracking, like all that stuff. What year was this? That was four and a half years ago. So it was like 2019. Okay. Got it. And then that's why I met my best friend, Troy, and he runs an email agency and we live like one street down from each other. And then Ryan lives on the other side. Yeah. And, um, and dude, I mean, that's just where I learned a lot about ads, like yeah. just about copy the offers, like cr- how creative doesn't really matter that much and how the offer is the most important part. Cause everybody's just pushing ads down your throat. And you believe that, right? The offer is the most important. Yeah. Like yeah. I could run a really crappy creative, but if my offer is irresistible, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. That's the thing I've learned too, is like, and, and, you know, I didn't ever really get training from people. It just made sense to me of like, dude, how do I make just such a, a, a just such a great deal? You can't say no, you know? Yeah. And I was, 
it's funny because one of my guys was like, do you think you're a good marketer or a good sales guy? And I was like, I don't know, probably a mix of both. I was like, but what I think we do really well is we create great products. Like that's, they sell themselves. Yeah. So that's when, that's when the ad doesn't even matter. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what actually somebody just told me recently, as we've been building out the back end ourselves for marketing, they were like, dude, honestly, you've already made so much content to this point. And like, you're kind of already the product. He's like, your ads aren't even going to matter. Like you could just freestyle five ads and they're going to probably perform just as good as you spending all this time and effort trying to like make some skit or whatever. And plus like low hanging fruit is that you have so many views online. Mm -hmm. The first audience is just retargeting all your video views and you'll just get a high row as on day one. Dude, you want to hear something stupid? So (laughs) as we've been building all this out, I did not have tracking links for like any of our links anywhere. So I didn't really know where they're coming. It's just like, dude, we just generate so many leads. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, as I just been like doing one thing at a time, I'm like, all right, let's change the link in my Instagram bio to see like how many opt-ins it gets on a daily basis. And I did not um, like even mention it. I didn't run traffic to it. It's just there. Dude, since last night, it's been like 12 hours. Um, it's got like 10 opt-ins. And I'm like, <laughs> their phone numbers, emails, names, some full, full apps. I was like, this is crazy that like, yeah. you know, just to watch what's what actually are you using a track go high level. Okay. You should probably get high rows. Oh, we have that too. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sick. But like, um, so whatever, they just created the custom link for the bio. And then like, I mm-hmm. just, I, I looked in my leads and go high level and I'm like, Oh wow. It's right there. Yeah. I can just see it now. You know, once revenue gets generated, then I'll need high roast and all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, I don't know, like the setup is what takes a while, but once it's set up, then it's just kind of oh, like making cranking. decisions. Yeah. It's fun. So how many clients do you guys have now? 255. 255. How's the, like, what's the model? Cause that's a ton of clients. Most of these agencies that I've worked with are like, oh, we only have like 10 clients and you know, we do just really in-depth, big spending. And we just focus yeah, on I mean, our, we do, yeah, we do a lot of high volume, but at the same time, we do it in a way where we can ascend and like give them good results and like really help them from the ground up. Cause some of them are like, you know, e-com stores doing five grand a month. Some of them are e-com stores doing half a million a month. It just depends mm-hmm. um, with the, you know, the following and the views and like all the stuff that I've done over the last couple of years. Like we just get a lot of organic traffic as well. And it's just like, it's pushed through cause there's nobody in the ad space. Like, yeah, there's other guys out there like Ashton Shanks and, you know, um, guys like that. And like they get organic traffic. But, dude, we have the biggest following. Like I get the most traffic Mm -hmm. and it's it's fun. But at the same time, like I'm trying to kind of filtrate more better lead quality. Yeah, because like what we were saying before about creatives, dude, some of the clients really care a lot about their creative. I'm like, no, like (laughs) stop doing that to yourself. And they're like, oh, why are you like telling us that we're so emotional about our creative? And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like if your offer is good, which we're trying to work on, but you care so much about how the video looks. Yeah. Like you're going to miss out. And they yeah, don't focus on just making a better offer. Yeah. And, that, and, like, and like what we've seen is that more of the decrease in results in clientele is mostly because they're just perfectionists. When you're a perfectionist, you just lose. Mm. And I'm just like. You become perfect once you make money, because then you can use your money as a tool to then kind of look more perfect. <laughs> Go get your plastic surgery yeah. and stuff. <laughs> just, just whatever it is. Yeah, it's just like I don't know. I, I, I think of marketing as 
if you have a good offer and you're running a ton of traffic, it doesn't matter. Like, like you could have a decent salesperson, but they don't have to be a master at sales when your offer is that good. You don't have to be that good at selling. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, there's a lot of things in the niche that I don't agree with that I've been able to debunk. Tell me like, what else don't you agree with that, that ad agencies do? Um, cause I've had a lot of experience with agencies. So I have my own opinions. So like a big thing with agencies is that they do percentage of ad spend, which yep. is stupid because or profit. They, yeah. Or profit, which is like, yeah, I get you're trying to be a growth partner, but at the same time, like you need to at least, and that's why most agencies can't scale is that they don't get some type of service fee on the front end. You have to have something because then it motivates the team. Yeah. Cause they have to get paid and, and there, and there's payroll. Like that's just like common sense. Um, and like percentage of ad spend stupid because most of the time when they run percentage of ad spend, they don't actually let you own your own ad account. And people don't actually realize this. Like they'll run an agency account that they run under their BM and they just add your email to it. And they're like, Hey, we'll give you percentage of ad spend. Dude, when they run an agency account and people don't know this, you literally are getting a 20% discount on your ad spend because you wire the face, like you wire the money to Facebook, you run the ad spend, you get a 20% discount. They're taking 20% of your money and pocketing it when they tell you that they're spending X amount. They're not. They're pocketing the 20%. So, so like if like, let's say one fifth of 10,000, it's uh-huh. two grand. If you spend 10,000, you think you're spending 10,000. I'm pocketing two grand and telling you that we're spending 10,000. And that's what they do to you. Wow. How do I make sure that like our account is an agency account because they, ju- they just get 20% off? Is that what you're saying? How does that work? So it depends like to get an agency account though, you have to be a Facebook ad partner. Okay. So once you're a Facebook ad partner, you can either just like inquire about it, but you have to have a certain amount of spend. Yeah. So there's certain levels to go. Yeah. I think you have to get past 25 million now to become an agency account. And then if and you, yeah. And spend. Yep. And then you can either go buy one from a supplier. Like if I go buy an agency ad account right now, like they're going to charge me 40, 50 grand for an agency account, which to business owners that are spending 10, 20, 30 grand a day, it's worth it because it's 20% discount. Yeah, yeah. Also you get a better support rep. And then on top of that, you get better CPMs and better impressions. That's what all the big corporations use. Pepsi, Coca-Cola, all these big companies, so they all run agency accounts. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But that's like, that. that's like on the side shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. I know Facebook's like the gray market for anything. Oh, dude, there's so many like little things that I've learned from Facebook. It's like. Yeah. Facebook's crazy. And like, if you use a proxy. Okay. Let's say you're using Google Chrome right now. Stop using Google Chrome. If you're like, uh, this is for people who are more high level, but like if you're spending five to 10 grand a day, don't use Google Chrome, use multi-login and use that to log into your ad accounts because you actually mask your IP and Facebook can't see that you're actually there. Why? Why would you want to do that? Because if you decide to log in through your phone and then you go to your desktop and you get a suspicious, uh, suspicious login activity, you can then get them to ask you to upload your ID. And sometimes people don't even know that their driver's license name is the same as their Facebook name. Okay. And if you don't do that and you upload your license, you can get restricted on Facebook. And that's where most people go into Facebook jail. I've heard of Facebook jail. Yeah. How's that? What is it? It's just where like you just get restricted on a BM level and an ad account level and then a personal level. And then you just can't make a BM and people will try to bypass it. Oh, I'll use my girlfriend's account. Okay. But when you start scaling and spending more money and your girlfriend breaks, like, up, with breaks you. up with you, yeah, <laughs> like you're going to lose your ad account again. But then I could, I could go buy one of those agency accounts. Yeah. Cause I'm like, you're already doing the math in my head. I'm like, okay, if we spend say 200 grand a month, that would save us 40 K. That's like month yeah. one. We get it back. Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. And you get better support. It's cool. It's just that the setup is a pain though. The setup's a pain. 
It takes like 45, 60 days to get it up and running. Uh, it's actually a pain in the ass. Yeah. Got it. Dang, you got to spend 25 million? That's crazy. So yeah, you'd have to spend 2 million a month. Yeah. And also like agencies will do the percentage of ad spend. Like what they don't realize is that they can't keep a client when they're pissed and they leave and then you own their assets. Oh like, yeah. That is chargeback city. Yeah. Like if you want to have a bunch of chargebacks, be my guest and do it, but I'm, I'm just not going to do it. I tried it. And like, you know, like obviously I'm not hundred percent success rate. Like we've lost clients. Yeah. It's part of the game. Um, I'm not going to let somebody say, oh, well, you know, you have my ad account. Now I, now I have the chance to do a chargeback. Got it. And I'm like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Thinking about that, right. The different models. Um, I've been with companies that have done all the things you mentioned, right. With um, retainer with, um, percentage of ad spend or percentage of profit. What I have found is that the percentage of profit, number one is like the biggest headache ever. Whenever you're trying to like quantify who made what versus organic versus mm -hmm. paid and all, dude, you just spend so many hours fighting over some crap. And I'm just like, yeah. never again, it's just too much headache. Um, and then, you know, with percentage of ad spend, I mean, we've always kept our accounts, so that's never been the issue that you were explaining, but still it's just like, yeah, I don't like now that I'm in it and I'm looking at what like there is to it. And I'm like, this doesn't even make any sense. Like, why am I going to go pay 10 grand? Like it's the same amount of work mm -hmm. to go manage a hundred grand versus 20 grand. Like it's not, it's just to me bumping up the ad spend. Yeah. And then just like more creatives because creative testing is honestly the most important part though. Yeah. Like, yeah, the creative doesn't matter. Once you prove the offer, then the creative matters mm -hmm. because then you're actually hitting the right creatives for every person in the funnel. So top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel, that's when it matters. Got it. You know what somebody told me to do recently was, um, they're like, you're missing a ton of people because you're going after cold, which is for what we're trying to do is mm -hmm. just keep building the audience. He's, um, she was like, but you're missing this other step of retargeting, um, at like five bucks a day, just people who have already like been through the funnel and like yeah. staying top of mind. So you can retarget your purchases like last seven days and you send them the new products. There's a little hack to like increase show rates on the phone too, is I run a small, that's $5. the reason we did that. Yeah. I run a small $5 a day ad and it's basically just saying like, Hey, thank you for booking your call. And it's like $2 a day and people exactly. see it when in 24 hours and then booking a call and they see it, they're like, Oh shit. Like you must be really good at this. Cause you know what you're doing. Exactly. That's, that's exactly like really good she social proof. She's like, you want to increase show rates? Just run the $5 a day ad and just mm -hmm. let it rip on all your opt-ins in the past, whatever, 30 days. Yeah. I was like, that makes complete sense. Why has no one else done that for me? But it's like little things like that, that like, you just kind of learn, I guess, as time goes on. Yeah. So your model is simple. It's just like, yo, you're paying us a retainer and that's it. Yeah. And then we try to send you to other parts as you grow. So like as your revenue increases, you're going to want to tap into more traffic sources, more traffic sources require more management. And then you go to the next tier. And then after that, once you have a proven offer and you have multiple traffic sources running, then we're like, Hey, let's run email. Right. And then we're just leading you down the funnel more. What's your take on email? Dude, that is so untapped for most business owners. They're afraid to send every day because they don't want to piss people off. Like I have brands that we send emails for that send five, six emails a day. Mm. And we just spam the list because the list, like there's the quote of build the list. Like when you want to make money, build the list. Yeah. Like you should be making 20% extra monthly revenue off what you're already making on email. If you're not, then you're missing out on money. Yeah. So that's your welcome sequence, daily blast, browse abandonment, abandoned carts if you're e-com. 
Like there's so much money in email. Yeah. It's crazy. I realized that um, about a year and a half ago, I was like, somebody finally explained it to me. They're like, Ryan, email is no different than the other content you're putting out. It's content. You know, you're, you're making Facebook stuff. You're making Instagram and YouTube. Email is just content in another form. And he's like, you know, tell me like, what's your strategy on your other content? I'm like volume. We just like put out a ton of, he's like, emails yeah. the same, just put out a ton of emails and I'm never afraid to send a lot. Oh yeah. You know, they're like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so does a once a week daily newsletter. And I'm like, I don't care what so-and-so does. He ain't, you know, we're going every day, multiple yeah. times a day if we can. Um, and it's funny because like, I learned that from Grant Cardone. I've learned a lot from Grant Cardone as much as people hate on him. Um, just watching him. And like, he even said one thing, he goes, we just like, we pretend that nobody's ever seen anything that I've ever done. And he's like, we actually, um, want people to unsubscribe. He said, you know, how many people unsubscribe and still buy from us a ton. And he goes to prove a point, how many of you guys have unsubscribed from my email? And then like a bunch, of, yeah. I even raised my hand. I'm like, bro, I've unsubscribed from your email. Like <laughs> I like you, but I just don't want to see your, I hate getting all yeah. these emails. Right. And, um, sure enough, it's like, Hey, but you're still, he's like, you're still here. Right. And it's like, man, yeah. it's crazy. People overthink it. Yeah. Cause then he still owns the data on your Facebook pixel and still retargeting you. Like you're going to buy, you're still going to see shit. it. Yeah. Even if you unsubscribe from the email, that's just one form of awareness yeah. that you're getting out of. So with that, um, what I guess, so offers important, right? Um, creative then becomes the next most important thing. And then from there for people like, wh where are we leading them to? I mean, yeah, that's more so like, what, what does your sales process look like and what's going to be the most streamlined? Like there's one low lever that I always pull for business owners is anybody that's in lead gen. It's always like, how do we get more leads to buy faster? Right. Cause if you make the sales cycle shorter, like, yeah, you know, after the ad and the creative and, and you're tracking your like KPIs, <laughs> dude, it, it's all about the numbers in the back end. Yeah. Like the ads are cool. Trying to decrease your cost per clicks. Cool. Trying to get better creatives is cool. But if I can have higher show rates by even 5% or a higher close rate or like more qualified people hop on the phone without like increasing my ad spend too much, that's the stuff that actually matters. Also speed to lead, like calling lead within five minutes makes you more money regardless of what else you touch. Right. Call lead in five minutes. You hike your revenue up almost like 40, 50% sometimes. Yeah. And people just think that that stuff is boring and they don't want to do it because they're lazy. Yeah. So what do you think about, um, do you ever run like events and stuff for people or is it all like the book a call or direct purchase funnels? I mean, we run our own events. Yeah. Um, that's I've why I was, that. I was looking out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah you, you can host one here. Yeah, dude, we got events every single week starting February. We're going on a huge tour. Uh-huh. Um, and we just, we're finishing up the first tour that we have next week, which is in Scottsdale. And, and what's the purpose of these tours? Like, what do they call it? How are you it it's called scale your ads. Okay. We get a hundred to 150 business owners in a room and then we just pitch them. Got it. And we give them value obviously, but you know, how long it, is the event? Two days, like two full days. Mm -hmm. It's two full days. And then we have a day three. How much is the event? It's free. So they come for free, two full days. They come for free. And then day three is, hey, listen, if you buy the package, we rented an Airbnb. It's like a massive mansion. And we have two videographers. And we're going to get your creatives. And going. we're going to get your creatives done day three. So it's I fast like action yeah. next day. And then they get to hang out, sometimes get a boat ride, shit like that. So what's the offer? Uh, it is to work with me personally. Okay. So they get to do one-on-one -on -one, and it's 10 grand a month with an ROI guarantee plus 5K back. 
plus 5k back. The so ROI. it's, it's 10 grand a month, six months, 60k. They could pay in full 54,000 incentive. And then if they don't get the $54,000 back that we track full refund and 5k on top. Mm, that's an easy one to hit. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that with the 10 K obviously they're, they're working with you, but are they also, um, you're, you're running their ads and stuff for them. Yeah. Right? Like I'll get on one zoom call with them biweekly just to go through KPIs and like what's going on. With the Teach account. them how to look at their stuff. Yeah. And then like, you know, I have, you know, a smaller team for those clients. Yeah. And that's where like, I'll get my best developer and shit like that to like help me with stuff that I don't really want to be doing. So like all like the go high level stuff, like Josh will do that. And I have a team for that. So you putting everyone on go high level. Yeah. Plus the affiliate commissions are nuts. Yeah. Like everybody who signs up, I run my low ticket products too. We run a ton of low ticket products and all the people who buy those, we require them to use GHL. Yeah. So like my GHL commissions are nuts and that helps with payroll. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Even as I'm building mine out, I'm like, dude, this is going to be the easiest thing to sell. People need it. Dude, with your traffic, you can get your go high level commissions up to like 20, 30 K a month easily. Pretty, yeah. pretty fast. Yeah. Now, like the commissions, are you talking about like selling the CRM or are so you talking about- if a client uses a product that you sell or somebody uses a product that you sell, then they sign up for GHL, you get 40% every, every single month. So they get the $97 a month package. I get 40 bucks a month from every single sign up. I thought they had a thing where you get a hundred percent. No, they, they got rid of that okay. because it was cutting in their margin. Somebody was telling me that like, that's interesting. You sell, you sell your white label. Oh yeah. That's if they decide to turn it right, like right into a SAS. Yeah. So that's if they want to sell it as a SAS, which yeah. you can. The only problem with it is that the client doesn't own it. It's kind of like the percentage of ad spend crap. Mm. It's kind of like, but I mean, you, it's no different than, I mean, they, like, yeah, but the client used- would then have to export their snapshot. So let's say a client wants to leave and they want their own go high level account. That's not under your branding and your logo in the top left-hand corner. Yeah, yeah. They got to export their snapshot and rebuild the whole thing over on their own side again. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I think I, like I'll give you like the way I'm thinking about it is um, most of our people. So like, let's just say the real estate people, I'm going to build out a real estate specific one. Mm-hmm. They don't give a crap that it's wealthy investors. Yeah. yeah, yeah. CRM. yeah Cause it's niche. It's yeah, they're, they're never going to, they ain't looking to sell it. Yeah, like, dude, you, you can re- sell that for two ninety seven, nine ninety seven, four ninety seven. Like, you yeah, go all the way up for sure. Yeah, and then um, on my social media one. So we have Panada Media where we do. We're an agency for entrepreneurs to do their social media. Um, you know, now I'm building this whole thing out with all of our landing pages and our automations and our pipelines mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And I'm like, they all need it, you know. So that once again, they ain't looking to sell CRMs and like sign up other. Like, I'm not in any of. Like, I, I think for you, like, since you're teaching agency owners on mm-hmm. that side of things, then yeah, they want to own it. But like my people don't give a crap. Dude, that's great. They're just like, we just Dude, need to so see That's so lucrative. Room. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Um, so, okay. You, you have, um, these funnels and you said events like for you, you're just doing free events and you're just going on road tours and everything. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work. Yeah. But I'm actually stepping down. January 1st, I'm not going to be CEO anymore. What are you going to do? Just events. Oh. Just, you're just going to be the face. Just content road rage, basically. Mm. Just go on the road and do what I'm better at, which is selling in person. Wow. Like the way we sell in person is crazy. Like I can make more on a free event than people make on a paid. Wow. Just the way that we sell. What does the free event usually produce? Uh, I mean, lifetime value wise over half a mil. Yeah. Which people who run paid events, though, you could easily pull a million dollars, $2 million out of room in a weekend. 
Yeah. But with the quantity and how much we spend, like on ads and personnel and commissions, it's way more higher ROAS. Net. Yeah. Yeah. The net's disgusting. Yeah. How much are you spending in a throwing event? Like four grand. Yeah. Five grand. Because you're just doing some local. And then the, yeah. And then the Airbnb is like three grand the next day for the day. Maybe like nine to 11-ish. Dude, so you're so just- So the ROAS is nuts. Yeah. Yeah. You're and then like, like- This is my best ROAS I can do. Yeah. And then what we're do doing this. is we're running the free events till June. Uh-huh. And then after June, I have July off. July is my birthday. So I have this, I paid like 65K a day for a huge place in Miami. And we're going to run like a 700 person event. I'm trying to do like two, three million a weekend. Mm. And that's like for my birthday. So we're going to do like a birthday discount yeah, uh, yeah. ordeal. Uh, <laughs> so it'll be a good play. But the thing I was like, we've tried selling tickets for the events and maybe I'm not doing it correctly, but which I know I'm not. Um, <laughs> but it's just like when we get them in the room for free. Yeah. They have this weird synergy of give and give. Yeah. So like I give all the value. They feel guilty if they don't buy. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. I mean, I know I'm not doing it correctly because I don't have a whole sales team for the events yet. We have a sales team for the services and then working with me. And then I sell like days with me and then that's really it. But I don't have a sales team like you have for the events. Like you're crushing the phones. Mm -hmm. I haven't built that infrastructure out yet. WealthCon's coming back to Vegas January 8th to the 11th. Now, if you've been to our events, you know how epic they are. We have the best time, not only with just great content, great speakers, but we have a lot of fun with the after parties and the masterminds and everything else. And number one, it's probably the best networking opportunity in the entire game. We have over a thousand investors and entrepreneurs at each one, and this will be no different. In fact, this is going to be my favorite WealthCon ever. We've got some amazing speakers coming, people like Tim Tebow, Thatch Nguyen, Gabrielle Lyon, the list goes on. It is going to be an epic event, and I want to see you there. So if you're interested in attending, get your tickets now because they will not last. Go to wealthcon.org and get them today. Everyone knows that my favorite way to build wealth is through real estate investing. That's the reason that I started Wealthy Investor, where we've trained thousands of students. But here's the thing. I've noticed that so many people fail to get started in real estate because they're worried about the money. They don't know where they're going to get the money to buy a house or flip or handle their renovations and things like that. And so they just never get started. I want to change that. And that's why I created a brand new free course that goes over five different ways that you could buy houses without using any of your own money today. And I'm going to give you it completely for free. All you have to do is go to wealthyinvestor.com slash podcast. I've made it specifically for you. The moment you go to that link, you'll be able to go get access to it and learn how you can start buying houses today without any of your own money. And if you're somebody who already has a real estate business and who wants to scale, we want to help you too. You can click the link below and book a free strategy call with our team if that's you. So what about um, webinars and challenges and stuff? I don't run a lot of challenges. Um, the webinars I've seen have worked very well for things that are DFY, not like courses. Yeah. Like it's gotta be DFY. If, yeah. if it's not DFY, it's a lot harder to sell. Just so everyone's clear done for you yeah, yeah, yeah. is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. And so like ads would be done for you. Yeah. Ads would be done for you or like, you know, like we'll find your first real estate deal for you. It's hands yeah. off. You don't have to do anything. Like yeah. those are sexier for webinars because it's more instant like gratification. If you go on a webinar, go through 50 minutes of slides and you're like, Hey, do it yourself. It's harder to sell. Yeah. Close rates are lower on DIY. Yeah. We just launched our first um, lower ticket real estate offer. It's three to 5K. And it's kind of a hybrid of done with you slash done for you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we give them all the softwares and everything. 
to find the most motivated. It's called my partner program. And, um, they still need to cold call and, you know, put in the work to find leads, Mm -hmm. but we'll go close the leads. We'll go wholesale it. We'll go do it. And then we'll split profit. Dude. I love that. That's great. That that's what like Chris Crone does. He does the, he does it with rentals. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I just came on last week. He's uh, having me run the ads for his event space. Is so it with running, Carlos and those guys? Yeah. I'm running all the ads for them and they just hired me. Cool. So I'm really pumped about that. Yeah. So I just got an equity, which is sick. Yeah. So I'm pumped as hell about that. Yeah. Yeah. Carlos and um, Chris are good dudes. Dude. Yeah. They, Chris is speaking at my next event. Um, and then Carlos spoke at July, I think. Yeah. So no, that's great. Um, yeah, I'm curious. Cause like, even like Chris, I'll talk to him about different things and he's never like been on the paid side. Um, he was like, yeah, dude, I'll, I'll like run a webinar and I'll just do it. Like I'll promote it heavily for like months. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck you just promote for, why not just run traffic to it? I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> like to me, it just doesn't make sense. Um, but I'm with you. I think events are the huge future. Cash, huge yeah. cash. Cause uh, that's why I built a whole event center Yeah, and I've been testing, um, one days, three day. Well, so I've been testing virtual hybrid in person, you know, we throw WealthCon, which is a thousand plus people every quarter. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know that there's anyone that has as much experience in events as me at this point, because I've like tested all of them mm-hmm. and we do them so frequently. Um, so it's interesting. Like I, I'm with you. I think live events, even free, you know, if you're trying to like go get your name out there and bit like, dude, there's nothing easier to do. Yeah. And your conversions will always be significantly higher live and in an intimate room, like a hundred. Cause it's, you know, when you get into a thousand yeah. plus room, it's different. It's way different. Well, the, the ratio that we figured out was that for every hundred people in the room, you got to have seven to eight people that are like salespeople. Be able to have the personal touch points and like we do the group chat approach. I don't know if you do this. What? But if someone buys a ticket, they get in a group chat like phone wise and they get looped in like um, Grant Cardone did this where you buy a ticket, two sales guys are in a group chat with you through iMessage and they're just sending you texts every day, like pictures of their food while eating dinner. What like the these like like these like rapport texts. Huh. And then the day of they're like, hey, meet me in the front. I'll let you skip the line. Huh. And like, that's how they got us to buy elite 125. <laughs> I don't know if you know that? what that is. No, I don't know. Dude, it was 450 grand. You bought a 450 yeah. grand thing from Carter. Okay. Yeah. So tell me what was it? What was included? <laughs> so it's, uh, you're like in Brian Dawson's private, like mastermind. Uh-huh. You get E360, which is a two day event. You get six workshops or two, two events each. You get, dude, you get the platform, which is a done for you six month. Then you get the 15 month. What done- is the platform? basically where they like come into your business and like redesign all your KPIs got and it, fix all it. your problems. And then there's a 15 month elite program, which is that's where they actually put like this small boot camp team into your business and they take 1% of revenue. Got it. And then they just run the show. Whoa. After platforms done. So platform six months. And after that's the 15 month. How long ago did you buy that? Three months ago. Oh, so you're just starting. Yeah. I'm still starting. Yeah. How is it going? It's cool. I mean, the payments are hefty as shit. I'm not going to lie, but <laughs> dude, it's worth it though. Dude, your payments, what, 50K a month? Dude, it's like 30 something thousand a month. <laughs> you better get that but, go high level commission yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad though. Like I, I like his sales process. Like, dude, you walk into an event, bro. There's 700 people in the room. They had 107 sales guys. 
Yeah. Seven for every one. As soon as you walk in that room, man, they have a clipboard. They are asking you every question under the sun. Yeah. You go to the bathroom. They follow you in the bathroom. Like, bro, it's nuts. <laughs> they got the pricing sheets while you like are, are at the urinal. Yeah. Bro, you don't escape. Yeah. And they make the room cold as shit. So basically you're like forced to buy to get warm so you can leave. Like, bro, it's crazy. <laughs> you like it. Dude, it's so impressive. Like that, the last event, like, dude, we tested that. If it's colder, people buy more. We saw that. Like just little shit like that, that we tested. Like we did an event space, same event space, warm versus, yo, turn up the AC. Close rate was higher. Wow. Almost doubled. <laughs> it almost and I was doubled. like, what the fuck? Because everybody's forced to have more body heat and get closer. So when you have the seats closer and there's body heat and they know they're cold, they're like the person next to them is selling them. Mm. Like they're selling each other now because they have to talk to each other. Yeah. Sitting this far away from somebody at an event space is tough. But if you like, if someone was sitting right next to me, desk, chair, notepad, like, dude, it's game over. You're selling each other. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I mean, look, like with Cardone's audience, obviously they know he's going to sell. Like it's yeah. already baked in. Nobody's like a fan. Cause some people listen to this like, oh, I would never. Well, it's like, you would never buy his thing anyway. You don't care. Yeah. You know? So it's just like an interesting thing. Cause I think about that for my events and I'm like, Obviously there's like a blend of, yeah, we want to sell, but we don't want to go that crazy with it. Yeah. And so it's, it's like, it's like a balance, man. Like I felt sure a little balance. pressured, not going to lie. Yeah. And I was like, dude, like, you know, there, there's a balance to it. It's like, yo, you got to know when to back off a little bit. Like I was eating lunch at one point, like the guy's like in my face. I'm like, bro, I mean, like, just give me five minutes, bro. Like, yeah. You know, well also common courtesy, but also you end up buying. Yeah. The result worked. You bought 450. Yeah. So if he was looking at it, he'd be like, why would I change it? Yeah, true. Yeah. It's just true. Like, dude, <laughs> I'm not going to hate. Dude, I, I I just appreciate good systems. Like when I see that, I'm like, bro, I don't, I don't have that. Yeah. 107 salespeople who all have great tonality, good posture. Like, bro, that's that's some crazy culture. Yeah. And I see that. And I'm like, yeah, man, like I got six, seven salespeople. I don't have that shit. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> What is it like, what made you, cause I, I'm sure you've never spent that much before on like at one chunk. Oh education. dude, it's scary as shit. Yeah. Like what was that like? Well, Brandon Dawson was the one who came over and he was like, dude, what are you bitching about? And I'm like, what do you mean? What am I bitching about? I'm like, I'm thinking about this dude. It's, it's a Rolls Royce. Like, let me just like think about this for five minutes. <laughs> and he's like, like, what are you thinking about? And then he like takes out his wallet and he throws two black cards. Like for anybody who's listening, like if like black cards, pretty hard to get. Uh-huh. And he just throws two of them. He's like, he's like, all right. Like, what are you so afraid about? You want a, You want a black card? And I was like, I don't have a black card. He's like, well, you should probably buy this because you don't have a black card either. <laughs> and I was like, damn, dude, don't throw the fish at me like that. I might not buy him, but like, dude, the guy's good at selling. Like, it's funny. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's scary because you're like, first of all, it is, it is a tax incentive. I would have gave that to the government anyway. So I'm like, all right, like, might as well do this. Um. <laughs> but you just got like the justification yeah. stage. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, just wanna, you just want to think about the benefit of it though. It's like, does yeah. it actually make sense to be in a network like that? Like if I, like when you get in the program, like you, you, you get their phone numbers. Yeah. Like it's cool to have that access. Yeah. Like you can ask them a question and beat the learning curve and not lose a hundred grand on a stupid decision or 50 grand on a stupid decision. Yeah. Like it's worth it. Yeah. Like to be in rooms like that, man, like. It's hard, but it's worth yeah, it. Yeah, it's hard, but it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially too, you're three months in. So you're not yeah. gonna have instant results, you know. Oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna have results for eight to twelve months. Yeah. 
And they're like, but that's where you're applying to a certain like clientele. Like oh, yeah. when you buy that, they know that you're actually like serious. You're not like some annoying person who 30 days in is going to be annoyed. Why have I not made money yet? Why yeah. have we not doubled? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, also the fact too, is just like, you'll spend that money on a car. Mm-hmm. Like, why is it so hard to buy this? Right. Because that thing's tangible. This thing's intangible. It's just like this thing in the air. It's like a, it's like, will it work? Will it not work? And that's why I think that most people have like the trip about buying stuff online. That's mm. why being better at sales is like important because people are scared to buy shit now. Because mm. it's like this, like, am I going to get a result? How fast? And that's why I like, I don't know if you're Jeremy Miner is, but he yeah. does the whole NEPQ. Dude, that is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Jeremy was at my last event. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Guy's killer. You know what I'll say is, uh, I'm with you. Like, uh, dude, just obviously we both sell education. Grant does, but we're all buyers of education too. Um, I'm very fortunate in that because of what I've built on social media and everything else, you know, people are like, dude, so like, who are your mentors and what's, what programs are you in and stuff? And I'm like, um, I got this thing called the wealthy way podcast where people freely tell me everything they want to know and, or I want to know. And then, uh, we become buddies. And then like, I just text them as, as needed. And Dude, it's, it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like it I've works. had, I've had Brandon right there. I've had Grant right there. I've had Jeremy minor. I've had you now, like it literally, you, you, you saw what I did. I'm like, Hey, I like what this guy knows. I want to like get to know him and, and bring him on the show and yeah. just hammer him with questions. Well, yeah, it's great too, because like you build a long-term relationship and it's not transactional. No. Dude, every time I hop on any calls to people who are lower level, they're always trying to get shit out of me. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, it's like either trying to get money or I'm like, dude, like you have to build long-term relationship with people. Yeah. Like that's what matters because you all grow together. It's not about money anymore. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too, is like everyone who's ever been on my show, um, there was never like a, a transaction. It was yeah. just like, Hey, come on the show. Let's get to know each other. You're going to get a lot of great exposure for your business. You're definitely going to get sales for me. You know, I'm just trying to get good content for the viewers. I'm trying to learn some things myself and then whatever happens from the yeah. relationship happens. And like, dude, all the times that I've been on podcasts and all the, you know, the hosts and whatnot, when they ask somebody or someone asks them like, yo, who should run my ads? Like I'm getting referrals left and right. Yeah. So it's like, it's more of an LTV play. That's yeah. it. And it's all about relationships too. It's like, once you get past the stage of like actually making money as a business owner, you kind of just like realize that money doesn't change your, your living anymore. No. It's like, what is there next to do? Yeah. <laughs> if you're watching this show, my guess is you're probably an entrepreneur who's trying to grow your business. And for me, the best thing I ever did to grow my business was build my personal brand on social media. It's allowed me to get more revenue. It's allowed me to raise more capital and it's allowed me to hire better talent. And if you are not currently creating content for your brand, you're missing out and your competition is. So if you want to learn to grow, my advice is to create a podcast. Now there's a lot that goes into building a podcast and why I believe it's the best way. So I've actually created a free training that I want you to go check out. If you go to panadamedia.com slash podcast, you can go access the free training right now and see how a podcast is going to be the best decision to grow your personal brand today. So go check it out by clicking the link below and I'll see you in the training. With you, I mean, you're only 26 and dude, you're running a crazy business, spending, you know, 450 grand on one thing, you know, <laughs> learn like that's crazy at 
26 year old or 26 years old. Not many people are doing that. Yeah. 26. I had just, uh, man, how old was I? I was 25 when I started flipping houses. So I was broke. And then, you know, I started to get some momentum when I turned 26, but nothing near what you're talking about doing in the rooms you're in. Um, like where did that mindset come from where you were just like, screw it, dude. Like I'm willing to just go all in and spend money and meet people and, and do this business. I mean, I just figured that there's really no other option. Like, it's like either decide to be mediocre or decide to do something great. Like when the game's all said and done, like, am I actually satisfied with what I did? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just got like really hungry when I was younger because I saw how my parents struggled. Yeah. Like my dad would just sit down every single night at the dinner table by himself at eight o'clock because we used to eat before that. And he would get the mail and you already know what's in the mail. It's bills. Yeah. And he would just get pissed and he would just get mad. And like, dude, I, I got hit a lot when I was a kid mm. and he always raged out on the money part. Yeah. And it was just like, I never wanted to sit there at any point and be like, oh, this $200 bill for the phone. Like I would never want to rage out on that. Yeah. And I just looked at things a lot differently. I was just like, you know, just, I hated kind of like how I grew up. And I was like, I don't want to be like that. Like, I want to be able to live my life free. Like it's Monday. I'm in Vegas on a podcast. Like most people are at work. Yeah. Like, I didn't want that to be the case. Yeah. Oh, I just where I just never wanted to sit there and go every single morning at 6 a.m. My alarm's going to go off and I have to be somewhere that I don't want to be. Right. And that like really pissed me off to think about. Mm. So I was like, all right, I got to manage my own income. I got to control my income. I can't work anywhere. I got to do this thing on my own. Yeah. When I was talking to uh, Ryan McGinn, who you're referencing earlier, you know, the way I hired him was the same way. You know, I saw what he was doing. I was like, dude, I want to know what this guy's doing. So I just DM'd him. I meet so many people just DMing them. <laughs> um, and then I was like, dude, I want you to do that for me. And then, you know, start our relationship and it's been great. But um, yeah, he's like, hey, Jason wants to um, reach out to you. I was like, tight. I don't know why you can't DM me back. And you're like, oh, my DMs can't work. And I was like, oh, okay. Dude. <laughs> um, and then he was like, yeah, he's a he's an interesting guy. I go, what do you mean? I, like, I don't know him. He's like, he's just interesting, man. You'll see. <laughs> and uh, I was like, like, what, what do you mean by that? And he's like, well, he says wild things online and people just really hate him. And I was like, Oh, I kind of like the things I saw anyways. What do people hate on you for? Oh, I, dude, the most hate comments that I get is they they talk shit that I'm skinny, <laughs> which is fine, dude. I don't care. I'd rather be rich and skinny than fat and poor. Um, and then like the cars, they think I rent cars, which I don't. They're in my fucking front yard every day. Like that's a compliment to rent a car. Yeah. It's like if I had to rent the car every single day, it's more of a compliment because it costs more. So that and just like they just i do look a little bit younger to have this like really big authority like posture uh-huh i think people just hate it because i'm like trying to do stuff with my own life that they don't want to do and it's just like it's whatever it's whatever but dude i just say bold shit like i say uh stuff about how like i made this video about how like men need to make 10k a month and the, how their girlfriend should lead them if they don't mm. that video went viral i pissed a lot of people off yeah and i was just like I'm not wrong though. <laughs> like I'm not wrong. I mean, obviously there's give or take situations. Yeah. But it's like, dude, for you to not to be making a lot of money in today's world, it's kind of like embarrassing. Mm. At least in my opinion, I, I think it's embarrassing. All the tools are there. Yeah. So if you don't, it's either you just love what you do and you're not doing it for money or you just are lazy. Yeah. And you don't want to apply yourself. Yeah. So I agree with both scenarios. I mean, it's like, yeah, if you're not, then I would imagine you love what you're doing and that's totally cool. 
And like controversy sells. Like when you say stuff online that people don't like, people hate on it. They're like, oh, I never buy from him. I'm like, dude, by you commenting, you're boosting my post higher for someone else to maybe actually buy. Yeah. Like you're helping the algo. Yeah. Like keep going. <laughs> you know what's interesting is um, I've noticed a lot of agency owners are, you know, now making content. It used to never be like that, right? Like the agency guys were always behind the scenes doing their ads and their VSLs mm-hmm. and all this crap. And then, you know, you had the the content creators who were out there and the faces and all that. And then now I see guys like you or anyone else like who have agencies trying to create content. And it's just like this interesting dynamic now. Um, Cause they're trying to put their, like they're trying to put their tools to work. Yeah. But like, I'm just wondering who watches them. It's like other agency owners, essentially. Yeah. And like business owners are always trying to pre-vet too, like who they're going to buy from, which yeah. I get. Like, it's understandable. Yeah. Because um, it's like the market for agency content's just small. Oh, dude, it's small. Yeah. 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 But I'll that's why it. I took the approach of like having some offers that are low ticket that are biz Yeah. To get people into the ecosystem so that I'm a little bit more broad so I can get more eyes. Yeah. Um, and I choose to speak about certain topics that are like, not agency, just not agency, controversial. Just like all around, yeah, controversial, all around business advice, just stuff like that. I mean, because yeah, man, the content landscape for just agencies is just like really small. Yeah, like, it's not sexy. Yeah, I have an opinion about agencies, and I want to hear what you think. But in my opinion, the more I like look at them and have worked with them and everything else, to me, the model just doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know how they make money. I mean, not, not at like, like, okay. So let me take a step back and and give some context. I think there's obviously like always the 1% who crush and um, they're, they're just fine. And then, you know, there's people who are just starting out. They're solopreneurs. So like they they don't really have a business. They're just providing labor. And so they can make money. But when I look at like the mid tier agency, um, who is charging, you know, two to five grand a month. And then they're trying to get a percentage of ad spend. I just look at it. I'm like, how do they even keep a client? Because to me, the churn is going to be so high for two reasons. One, if you do your job too good, you become too expensive. Two, if it doesn't perform, then you're out too. And for the reason it's not performing, there's so many things out of your control. The offer could suck. They could have no sales team. They could have no back end. They mm-hmm. just aren't following up. They're like, whatever, right? Like, I've never met an agency who took accountability for not non performance. They're always like, oh, well, the sales team sucks. Oh, man, like this thing wasn't set up and this, it's not our fault. And then I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, there's, there's some truth to it, mm-hmm. you know, on both sides. And then I look at the ones who actually do crush it. And the ones that do crush it, once again, you look at it and you're like, well, was it the agency or was it because there's a good offer, good sales yeah, team, yeah. good back end? And I'm just like, where do they even fit in that mid tier where they don't get cut out and they uh, also don't deal with like companies that can't afford them because they just don't have anything built? I mean, the thing like for us was always the, the like the retention because like in the beginning, man, yeah, my churn rate was very high, but I had to hire better A players. And make sure that we were partnering with the right businesses. Like 
a big thing with the agency space is that people get into it because it's a make money online niche in the beginning. It's yeah. an easy way to make 10K a month. If you want to make $10,000 a month. And that's and, that guy I was saying, hey, solo, yes. you're just making yourself a job. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And like they'll make 10K a month easily. Yeah. But if you want to scale it out to like, you know, half a mil a month, a mil a month, it's going to require you to have a lot of A players. Who I'm are, not even talking that level. I'm talking like an agency trying to go make 100K a month for them. I mean, a lot of that's going to come down to like the back end fulfillment piece, which is like, how do you keep them around long enough to build a relationship and have good touch points? Like the thing that we saw really hike up our retention was weekly calls with their account manager. Um, second thing was like sending them gifts, shit like that. Third was having them come to our events in person, meet us in person. Fourth was. was You're talking the, the business owners just would come to your event. Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I guess like. Okay. If an it also it also comes down to like if you're good or not too. Yeah. Like like people will. But so will much white is out of the agency's control. Oh yeah, but we always like to point it out. Like we go through all that. Like we can we can give you a sales rep. We can give you an appointment setter. We have all those services, or we partner with guys like Cole Gordon and they do it. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you don't have good relationships, then it's tough to really like scale an agency because there will be problems. Like okay, business owner's ad account goes down. Okay. But I have access to get it unbanned. Yeah. I, I can do that. Guy. Yeah. So it's like, if you don't have access to relationships, then your agency won't be able to scale. Mm-hmm. So it's about your relationships. Honestly, that's the biggest thing that helped me out. Like if I didn't meet my friend Hagen, if I didn't like have all these things in place, if I didn't have a relationship with, with really high level business owners, it'd be tough to scale an agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the only reason I'm saying that about agency owners is because now that I'm in the back end, basically building out my own in-house agency for myself, I realized that it wasn't necessarily the marketing that was ever a problem, right? I generate so much organic traffic already. And so that masked all of our ROAS problems, right? Because mm-hmm. we'd be trying to attribute, oh, well, this ad only produced a one and a half X, a two X. And I'm like, dude, this sucks. Why? How is that possible? Right. And they'd be like, well, it's the sales team's fault, but that, that that's it. Right. And it's like, well, that's not the right answer unless you actually know how to fix it. Right. And so like, I'm looking back and I'm thinking, okay, well now I see that it's not like the sales team was bad. The process getting it to the sales team needed so many, there were so many leaks along the way with getting show rate higher with, you know, like you said, getting within five minutes, setters and closers, um, scripting, um, you know, like even things as simple as double booking their calendars mm-hmm. so that uh, they're not just sitting around idly because the show rate's only 50% anyway. So whatever, right? So there's like all these things in the back end. And I've just spent the last two months rebuilding all of it. And I already know we're about to crank now. But here's the issue an agency at that level doesn't even know all those things because they just don't know. They also don't have the capacity to go fix it. Cause now you're just building somebody else's whole business. Right. And a high level person who does know it, it's not really worth their time to go do all that for a client without getting equity or something else. And so like, I understand now why a lot of these digital marketer guys are now trying to go get equity. And I understand why like Hormozy went that model too, because once you realize that it's just it's not mark. You don't have a marketing or a leads problem. There's the whole business. That's the issue all yeah. the way from the offer to fulfillment, to sales, 
to your backend systems, to the creative and the yeah. ads. And, and like even Ascension, like business owners don't even yeah. focus on that either. Exactly. It's like they just sell shit and then they just like, all right, I'm done. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. So that's why I'm like, man, on the low end, yeah, you can just make your 10K a month and be a solopreneur on the high end. Yeah, those people, they got big teams and operations like yourself. They can handle it. They're good. But then that middle market, I'm just like, I don't know how they make any money because yeah. there's so much expense and overhead to getting copywriters and yeah. ad buyers and creative. like like when I was like when you're talking about the hundred K a month, like when I was doing about a hundred K a month, I was running it on my own. Yeah. Like because I was charging like five to seventy five hundred a month and I had about maybe ten to fifteen clients and I was pocketing like eighty grand a month, mm. which was okay. But it's like you know, it's a lot more at scale now to where like we have other offers that we push and Ascension. And it's like, the only thing is that you have no life. So it's like, you <laughs> say yes to something, you say no to something else. Like, okay, are you cool with 80% margins, but no social life? Yeah. Like now I'm about to transition and leave and just focus on events. I'll be away for four days a week, but I still get three days off. Yeah. Like three well, days you, off a week. That's great. You're building your brand. Yeah. This is where like the whole next year is just me doing stuff like this yeah. every single week. Like, I don't want to be in Slack. I don't want to be in Monday.com. I'm not a part of that stuff anymore. I'm so out you, of Stripe. You've uh, been the back end guy just doing all that stuff. Doing all the, the boring shit that I don't want to do. And like for me to get a CEO was also a problem. It's so hard. I was like, bro, the only way I'm going to get a CEO is if he lives with me. <laughs> so I was like, Casey, you're living with me. And he's been living with me. Where did this guy come from? Um, he was one of my old friends. I worked with one of his clients that he used to work for. Um, he's originally from Pittsburgh, but he moved in with me and I was like, dude, the only way I'm going to give you CEO is if you live with me for six to eight months. Like, I'm not going to let you do this shit unless you live with me. Cause I had a huge control issue. Yeah. Like, dude, it's so tough to give somebody the keys to something that I built for five years. I'm like, bro, you gotta be like serious about this. Like, this is no bullshit. Where's, um, how old is he? Uh, Same 28, age? 29. So did he have digital marketing background? Yeah. He's also in SAS too. Okay. So he has a SaaS background systems. He's very good with people, very good at hiring. Um, he just knows the whole operation by now. And, you know, he worked with one of my friends, Stephen Comer. He ran an agency um, and he just knew the ins and outs. And I was like, dude, like, let's do it. So it, it's been a good transition. I'm still a little scared. I'm not going to lie. Um, but at the same time, like I'm trying to figure out other things in my life too. Cause like I, you know, I made my money and now I'm just like, Oh shit, dude. Like what else is there to life? Like, I don't have a girlfriend. I don't know what that, like, <laughs> having a family feels like I don't know and it kind of like worries me a little bit because you've just been grinding oh dude it's just been on a laptop 18 hours a day for five years and I'm just like dude like who the fuck am I <laughs> like what is going on so that's why I'm like okay I need to travel a little bit more like dude being able to do this for like today and like traveling yesterday and like being a little bit on my own like I actually enjoy it it's different it's a change of pace like I don't have no one in my ear saying hey we have dinner reservations at 6 30 mm. like where are you at I'm like bro I don't want to look at the fucking clock at all right now Mm. Like, I just want to be able to sit there and just like, think about life and take a walk and listen to my music and just like read a book, zone out, just zone out and just like enjoy my life a little bit. Mm. At what point, like what's made you realize this now? Honestly, it was just me like saving enough money to be able to like kind of F off for a little bit. Got it. I was like, yo, I got to get to this amount and then I'm, then I can just fuck off for like a year. Yeah. And I was like, all right, like, let me just do this. And then I can chill out for a little bit. Cause dude, like I was starting to get cluster headaches, like grinding, grinding, grinding my, you know, my health. It's like, I need to focus on other shit right now. Yeah. So like health wise, I mean, obviously you had the issues when you were younger, 
How is it now? Well, I, I want to get more fit, but also at the same time, like I have a kidney function that I got to take care of. I had something called IG nephropathy. So it's just like a blood pressure issue with my kidneys. Um, and also I was in college once and I was a big partier and like, I drank a lot of alcohol. Mm-hmm. So it kind of fucked me up. So yeah, I mean, I got to like wean out on that. Mm. Um, but that was me. Like, it's always when I'm trying to do something new. Like when I wasn't social, I was like, all right, how do I become more social parties? Get yeah. out of my comfort zone. So I go to house parties and then before I know it, I'm doing a keg stand and diving in a pool. I'm like, holy crap, like what's going on? <laughs> so I'm like, I need to figure out like not, you know, then I was like, okay, now I'm not as socially awkward. How do I make money? So I figured that out and now I'm like, okay, well, I'm not that socially awkward anymore. Not hundred percent. Not <laughs> like now I make money. How do I get a wife and kids and figure that out? Like, what does that look like for me? Like what mm. kind of man do I have to be? Hmm. Run ads, yeah. run ads for a wife. <laughs> Say, we'll create a great lead magnet. Hey dude, this is me, you know. Run Instagram DM ads that I can't even answer. <laughs> <laughs> Do not DM me, fill out the opt-in if you're interested, if you're serious. That's great. You know, check, you know, let's, let's just check your level of interest. Do you want to get married <laughs> at this time frame? How many kids? That's funny. And like all my friends are having kids and I'm like, they're like, dude, it's the best experience ever to be a dad. Like you don't realize it yet. Yeah. And I'm like, damn dude, I, I feel like like two years ago, I'd be like, dude, that's a huge obligation. Like I just can't do it. But now I'm like starting to see how my guy friends are around their kids. And I'm like, damn dude, like that does look pretty cool. Yeah. I've got three of them and three under five. And uh, yeah, dude, kids will change you, man. They change your priorities and you know, how much you want to work and you know, to me, it's always been this game. That's what the wealthy way is all about is like growing in all aspects of life. It's not just business. And so for me, obviously I want my business to grow and I want to dominate and just make it bigger and better and, mm-hmm. you know, all that. But I want to do it in a way that doesn't sacrifice everything else. And so for me, in order to do that, most people would say, oh, well, I got to just work more hours and that is what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, there's a better way. Like I just have to do it better. I just have to think more strategically pull better levers, hire more people. And if I do that, it can grow and I can still go do the things I want to do. Yeah. I love it. So I guess like at this point, you've been in the ads game for a while and I'm going to ask this from a, like, let's just say a service-based high ticket um, perspective, whether it's coaching, whether it's consulting, um, agencies and everything else. Um, I know we're talking about events being great. Uh, book a call funnels and stuff like that. Do you think like the evergreen webinars and stuff still work? Like what's up with that? Um, I wouldn't go for the webinar route. Honestly, I would rather see you do a low ticket funnel. Like explain what, what like a $7 see. PDF tripwire okay. to a bunch of upsells and then a book call with setters in between. Okay. That's crushing for us right now. So like I have, I have three low ticket offers running right now. We're spending about 15 grand a day on them okay. and I'm breaking even on the front end. Okay. That's good. And we're making money on the high ticket. So it's like, it's free ad spend. Like your ad spends free because they're getting bought. all those opt-ins and those leads. Yeah, dude. It's nuts. Like I like running low ticket, like completely changed my business hands down. So before it was all just high ticket book a call. It was all high ticket book a call, spending a hundred bucks for a book call, 140 bucks for a book call. Now I'm getting purchases for 29 bucks, 35 bucks. They're a buyer. They're committed. Yeah. And then we can call them in five minutes and then they can buy something else. And also we can't get the whole, I don't have my card on me objection. 
oh, we have it. You bought the $7 PDF. We could just use the card on file. We have none of that bullshit going on. Yeah. And then what's like, what are they normally buying? Uh, ad services. So like your two grand a month. Ad yeah. Service. Two, three, five. Yeah. So like, what's the lead magnet to that? Um, so we have a couple different, we have 1 million views, which is like, Hey, take my 60 winning viral video scripts for $10 and start getting a million views in 60 days. Um, that then goes to four upsells and then a book a call page. And then we have a second low ticket that I just started. Dude, we just started it four days ago. I'm already up to like five grand a day in ad spend. It's the fastest way to scale your spend. It's just low ticket shit. How much and do you spend a day on your own stuff? At least 25 a day. 25 yeah, grand a day. Yeah. So you're spending almost a million bucks a month on yeah. ads. Dude, so fun. And the credit so card fun. points are nuts. Um, you should have a black card then. Dude, I they told me that I haven't been put into this like pool for it. And I'm like, bro, I spend like dumb money every year. Like this is crazy. And they said you have to be Amex for 10 years and then you can apply. But I'm like, dude, there's gotta be some inside shit on that. There's gotta be. Mm. I've been with Amex for six years and I spend like well over like five mil a year. Like what the hell's going on? Mm. So I'm like, kind of weird. I don't know, but um we run the second low ticket which is called my low ticket starter kit where I'm just teaching people how to build their own low ticket offer. Oh. And that's where I get them in and it's 27 and then the order bump. Dude, I have the highest take rates on an order bump in history. My order bump take rate is 91%. Whoa. Dude, I've never seen that before. The order bump's insane and How then much my is the order bump? So 17. What so is it's it? 27 17. It's just an ad training. And the way that I write the copy on it is insane, dude. It, you it. write all your own copy still? Yeah. That's like my zone of genius. If if I get given like a low ticket funnel, bro, I could churn that into five figures a day within like a week. Mm. Like any low ticket funnel, I'm like, dude, just give it to me. I'll fucking make it work. Mm. Low ticket is my shit. And then we have a couple upsells. And the crazy part is that the upsell take rates are even more insane because my first upsell, usually industry standards, like 30%, 51% on the first upsell. And it's a bullshit loom video that I made <laughs> while I was drinking a Stella in my house at 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, yo, we're going to shoot this six minute loom. Another hack is if you run upsell videos, put it on 1.2 X on the play button, makes you more money. You speed up the video. So you don't, you don't do any heavy edits. It's just, no, it's just straight up loom. My hair's all up in the corner. It's I'm got just the like red recording on yeah, the side. I'm just like, yo, congrats on buying low ticket starter kit. If you want to double your sales, listen to this video. So you bought this, you bought this. And then I just go through it. I'm like, Hey, grab the shit, click the button below. So Didn't there's a third sell. There's three upsells. So one is just copy my funnel, which is my low ticket funnel that if they take all my upsells and down sales, like this is a funnel that's made me well over like 12 million on just low ticket products. So they can steal the whole funnel upsells and downsells. It's all fill in the blank. Yeah. And that's 57 bucks. And then they go to the second upsell, which is uh, where they can get private Facebook community. They get all my email and text automations for the low ticket offer. That's 67. And then the third one is 67 um, extra or like seven extra. Okay. Got it. And then after that is what I call the low ticket organic millionaire, which is me packaging all my organic stuff on how to make more money through SEO and stuff like that to drive more organic traffic in emails too. Um, and then after that is book a call. So, and how much is that third one? Uh, 47. And with that, how many, um, so you're saying that total in totality that will make it break even on the ad spend. And then they book a call and your book calls free. Yeah. Your book call is the money, right? So you're, instead of paying for book calls, you've subsidized it mm -hmm. and you have actual qualified buyers. Yeah. Is there an opt-in before seeing the low ticket? No. 
Okay. That decreased conversion rates for me. Yeah. So when I put the pop-up, when they click the button to go to the add to cart page, it just decreased the conversion rate. Walk me through how you create something like that. You just have this idea and you're just like, what? yeah. So like whenever I think about low ticket offers, man, I always sit there and go, what is the one small tease thing that someone wants that will give them a result really, really quickly? Like even in your niche, like, okay. Um, if you just showed them something for nine bucks, how to find your first wholesale deal. Here's the exact filter and indicators and site that I use to get your first wholesale deal, nine bucks. That's what they want. They don't want this big ass course with a bunch of videos. That's what you sell them on the phone to get faster, better results or more of the same. Yeah. yeah. But the low hanging fruit is like a script template, um, fill in the blank, copy and paste the six minute, blah, blah, blah thing that you could do every morning, like a morning routine bullshit. Like it's gotta be a small tease of, of what they want because they don't want to do the work from there. You're going to make that. And then how do you think about the next thing? I think about the next thing in two sub facets. So, um, if for example, they buy my scripts, okay, let's say, say, well, let's go down my path. I'm going to show you how to find your first deal. Like this lead sources, whatever. Okay. Then your order bump would be now that you found your first deal, like how are you going to fund it? Yep. How are you going to fund it? So like either that's, you would do a split test. Either you would say, um, they get one wholesale deal or you get an order bump where you're like, Hey, listen, you could join my private email list where we send you 30 deals a month for 30 days. That's sexier. It's more of the same. They're trust me. They're going to want that. Then the other, then the first upsell after the order bump is okay. Now that you might've gotten 30 deals a month. Now you join this private list. How do you fund them? join this group for $7 a month or whatever. And that they say, no, then you do, Hey, listen, I get, it might be the price. You're mad. I'll give it to you the first one for a dollar and then $7 moving forward. And then you get more people on continuity. And then the next upsell after that has got to be faster, better results. So that's got to be either like, now that you know how to fund it, it's got to be like a no money down upsell. How do you do this with no money down? And then the third upsell after that's got to be tax hacks like how to really take this and like pay no money in taxes. Like you're making all the money. How do you not pay taxes on it? And then another up funny because they haven't made any money yet. Yeah. But they're still going to buy it. No, I know they're already worried. Yeah. It just cracks me up when people who aren't making money worry about tax hacks. And I'm like, guys, you don't even make money right now. Don't even worry about that. Let's yeah. like, you'll be happy to pay taxes. This means you actually made money. And then the next upsell, if you run events would be yours, which would be, yo, you got all this stuff. I love it. Come to my event. Here's a discount on the standard tickets. You right. might as well come and see me in person. Right. And you lead that funnel. Dude, that would slap for you. Mm. And then whenever they say no to an upsell, you just downsell them with, okay, fine. You don't want to pay 37 bucks. Pay me three week, three payments of 20 bucks a week, three payments of $15 a week. And then it just goes on where That's they can, cr- like, dude, this what shit. Do you, will- what do you do? Like. I mean, because now you're just getting so many low ticket people where you're going to get all these chargebacks. Like, so how do you keep your account healthy? You don't, you shouldn't get a lot of chargebacks. I don't get a lot of chargebacks if it's valuable what you're selling. Mm. And if they're activated quick, that's why the setter calling is important because they feel activated. If they don't get that setter call, they feel like they just got scammed. Right. So when they get the setter call, that's when you build rapport and you're like, Hey, like my name's blah, blah, blah. Like, why'd you buy this? You're, you bought something real. Yeah. Because if they don't get a call or a touch point, dude, they're going right to their app on their phone and doing a chargeback. That, okay. And you want to- where my perception comes from. Yeah. You want to get your chargeback rates like below 10% on like low ticket. You should not have higher than 10%. If mm-hmm. you're actually like a personal brand out there who's 
running low ticket, like dude, my charge is less than a percent. You should not have that problem. Okay. Yeah. I've never run it. And so plus like make your descriptor something that's actually congruent to what they bought. Right. Like some people sell shit and then like their descriptor something completely different. Like you're going to get a chargeback because it's not the thing that they just bought. It's a different <laughs> name. Like the LLC is different. Mm. So like your descriptor should match. Um, but yeah, man, it's just like, dude, low ticket by far craziest shit ever. Got it. Yep. So that's going to be on my, I'm just taking notes right now. That's going to be on my next um, agenda. Once we get all this done right now, what we're working on a lot is um, DM funnel. Mm-hmm which you couldn't do, but, uh, <laughs> I'm almost out of the band though. I'm almost out. I got 140 <laughs> days left. <laughs> That's not almost out. That's optimistic. Uh, yeah, but we're working on that because, you know, it's like, dude, you could generate DMS for like five bucks. And also you're gonna get a lot of followers. DM ads get way more followers really? than any other ad. Yep. Mm. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how like doing all this affects my following because everything to this point has just been organic. So, you know, we don't, we've never run like straight to DM ads. We've also, never, I don't know if you're doing this, but when you do run DM ads, obviously you like email or using many chat. We just do it and go high level. Now you're asking for their email though. It pulls it right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A lot well, of people miss that. It's like, in case I lose you, what's your email or like, well, so let me tell you, I, I ran a test mm-hmm. and I'm curious how you like running tests, but when I was doing email or not email, um, these ads at the very beginning, I was like, talking to a bunch of my friends who have run very good DM funnels like Cole Gordon and others. And, um, they're like, yeah, you know, usually we like to build rapport and say like, Hey, how you doing? You know, tell me a little bit about yourself, blah, blah, blah. Is it cool if I send you this quick, you know, video and they opt in and that's kind of like how they're doing it. Pretty much everyone I saw. And I was like, dude, screw that. We're going straight to the point and let's see how it goes. And so, First thing I did was run, Hey, what's your number? Like that was it. And literally 50% of people gave their number right then and there. And we got the 20, we got half of the remainders just from like an actual conversation after or a follow up. Right. I love that. And then now I'm testing, Hey, watch the video. So that's, you know, we're seeing how that compares Mm -hmm. because, you know, asking just for the number is going to get more numbers, but which one's going to have higher ROAS, we'll see. Um, but it's just interesting because like when you do have a personal brand, you can just straight up do things different than everyone mm-hmm. else. Yeah. The other thing too with DMs that's worked for me when I had it was like, <laughs> was like uh, when you send them a link to watch anything or do anything, you always put a message after that says, hey, uh, I'm going to be online for the next couple of minutes. Like I'll be here if you have any questions. And you kind of make the person feel guilty. They have to click because it makes you feel like you're, you're making them wait. Mm. that's been a thing that really helped me out a ton was like, Hey, I'll be online for the next couple of minutes. I have a meeting, you know, shoot me over your feedback in the next 10 minutes. I'll, I'll be here for any questions. It makes them feel guilty. Um, yeah, we always just put a question at the end of just mm-hmm. like, let me know what you think of the video. Or if I'm just asking for their phone number, Hey, what's your number? I'm going to get somebody with my team to call you. Oh yeah, dude. I was going to tell you to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then speed delete, dude, that, that'll crush. Hell yeah. Yeah. Cause I was the girl who told me about, um, Dan Henry linked me up with her. Uh, Oh, Dan's cool. Yeah. He's interesting. <laughs> He's in, you both remind me of similar people. So, uh, like all the digital markers just remind me of like the same thing. I'm like, 
where did these guys come from? How did they grow up? I'm, I'm so curious. And then Dan's like, yeah, I worked at Pizza Hut for 10 years. And I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me one bit. Um, I need, but he's going to come on the show too. So we started to talk about it. And, you know, she told me the thing about retargeting at just five bucks. I'm like, wait, five, you mean five bucks like uh, a lead? No, she's like, you're going to spend five bucks a day. I was like, how? She's like, there's not that many opt-ins. Like you're, yeah. it's, it's not going to even be five bucks. Um, but anyways, I was telling her about the case study I did and she was like, just ask them for their number then. Like, don't even mess around with trying to make them watch a video or anything. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, let it, let it rip. Let's yeah. see what happens. Dude, it crushes. Yeah. The other thing too was, um, geez, with the DMS, you're going to get a lot of followers. Yeah. And like what I would maybe suggest is I heard Instagram might be doing an update where they let you send more DMs. So like having a cold outreach team to then be able to DM all the people who follow you, but don't answer you like, you know right now you can only send like 50 cold outbound. Yeah. Yeah. We don't do any cold outbound, but we generate will, hundreds dude, yeah. and hundreds of email or inbound a day. And then also like the, I don't know if you use with the comments where people comment, you could yeah, DM yeah. them. That shit works really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody um, was telling me to, to get them to comments better. Cause they're committed to the post. And if they commit to that, you're getting that small, it's kind of like sales. You're getting a small yes already, mm -hmm. like a small yes commitment. And then you're like, Hey, do I have permission to message you? And then they answer in the reply of the thread. Also, what you're doing though, is that you're boosting the page, like you're boosting the post. Right. So when they comment, you reply and then they reply again, it just keeps boosting the post. It gets more views and that's, yeah. It's that's what Dan was telling me. He's got, um, they comment and I don't know if the AI bot comments back or not, but it does something like it that. It should. If you trigger it off a certain conventional word. Yeah. You could trigger it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I met a guy who's doing about 2 million a month and his DMs all manual. He doesn't want to use what the hell? He just has like 20 VAs and he doesn't want to use wild. any of that because he doesn't want to risk anything. And he also is like a believer in now, granny's not a personal brand or anything. It's just like a company page. And um he doesn't want to use or he wants it to feel real, like, you know, yeah. instead of just, oh, I got it instantly, like, you know, this thing where it's clearly automated. Also, with that five dollar day and ad you were talking about, what you can also do is is you take all the opt-ins and you could retarget five too and send them to low ticket. And then all the people who buy low ticket, you do five and send them somewhere else. Got so you it. scoop them up as you go. You're and creating it's the, these different dude, buckets of people. Like we have, um, I have a free training funnel that we run that gets like four bucks an opt-in. And like what I do is all the $4, I just retarget them and they go to book a call straight to calendar or they go to low ticket. All the people who buy one low ticket get $5 retargeted to the second low ticket. All people buy a second one, it, dude, it's, I get like 20 cent purchases and they just, mm. and they just go through the funnel and it's just like, dude, it's the easiest row as ever. Yeah. So it's sick. Yeah. She was, um, let's talk about row as actually, cause this is an interesting topic. Um, because I talked to pretty much everyone in the industry and number one, I don't believe anyone. That's just what I have come to the conclusion of like, I just, I don't, it's not that I don't, um, not believe people's character or anything. I just don't believe we're talking about the same thing mm -hmm. because the way I've realized is so many people identify ROAS in their own way. And I'm like, 
this makes no sense. Why, why would you count the count it that way? Right? Like I'll have some people that just do contract value. I'll have some people that will do, you know, cash collected from payment plans, yeah. from, from new cash. Some people who are only doing just like brand new mm-hmm. customers and payment plans are a separate thing. Like, and then I started going down the rabbit hole. I'm like, well, how do you get proper attribution on a thing that, you know, somebody upsell six months later, you know, like how the heck are you doing ROAS? I only do 30 days. So explain to the audience. So like means. when someone buys, if you actually have like legit systems in place, you should be able to pull more money out of somebody within 30 days. So whenever I run ads, like, yeah, I look at seven days, 14 days, like that stuff's cool, but like you should have enough cash on hand to spend the money to play the LTV game. I only play 30 day LTV. So whatever that comes into the low ticket, if I don't get them to convert within 30 days and that leads lost, they went somewhere else to buy the shit. So that's why I like at row ads. Like I look at 30 days because if I break even on somebody on day one, and I don't have a touch point, an email, or some type of free training for them to come to within a week, two weeks. Like, I shouldn't convert them within 30 days. I suck. So, when you're calculating your ROAS, um, I guess as a company, are you just simply taking for that month, hey, here's what we spent in marketing and mm-hmm. here's what we made? Usually, yeah, 30 days. Yeah. That's as simple as it is. Yeah. So, that would track all your payment plans. It would track. Now, if you just have one product offering, in one funnel, then it would be like within the week mm-hmm. because you have nothing else to offer them. Mm-hmm. So you have to know, cause like, let's say you run a book, a call funnel and you're just running one funnel and you're spending, you know, five grand a day for a week. Okay, fine. That's 35,000. What if you're sitting there on day two and you're 10 grand deep and no one's closed? Well, you have follow-up set for Thursday and Friday. Mm-hmm. Like those could close, but most business owners will freak the hell out because they're not one call closing by Wednesday. That's why like when you just have one funnel, like, yeah, you could look at it for a week, but like, what if someone books on Friday? They want to follow up on Monday or Tuesday. How, how laid out should you let people book? Two days. Yeah. That's the least I'll do. Yeah. Cause then dude, the people's most. shiny object syndrome, they go all over the place, bro. They're booking with somebody else. They buy it. Nah. Yeah. But that's why I run low ticket because you get them activated quicker. The sales cycle is three minutes. They go into a funnel, they put their card in and they, they go through upsells and they leave. Like that's the fastest thing that I've ever seen. Cause when people go to free opt-ins and stuff like, yeah, it's cool. But like, they're not committing to shit. <laughs> like they're not putting their card number in. I want their card. Yeah. Shows commitment. It's yeah. in the game. It's like you actually went to your wallet and grabbed it or you swiped up on Apple pay, did face ID. Like you did something, not just hit autofill on name, email and phone and went to the next page. Mm. Cause a lot of people have the autofill thing now. Yeah. So I'm just like, dude, I want credit card numbers. The one thing that Greg always said to me when I was first getting mentored by him was people don't vote with their mouths. They vote with their credit cards. Yeah. And I believe that shit to this very day. It's true. So back to ROAS, like so many people, I mean, like what are you tracking for a successful campaign? Right? Because I don't know how much you, cause okay, your business, right? You do just monthly retainers with your guys. So like mm-hmm. you have to truly track lifetime value because yeah. you're not getting this big high ticket thing up front on, well, at your events you are, mm-hmm. but not from your book of call funnel. It seems like that. I look at four months, four months, low tickets, 30 days, the book of calls four months. Cause that's what they have to sign for is four months on average. But with the low ticket, like what are they buying in the 30 days beyond the low ticket? What's the main sale? It's back to ad services, which is four months. Yeah. But the low ticket, I need to know if they break even in the first 30 days. 
All you care about with low ticket is breaking, is breaking even. even. Dude, if you break even, you're building your list too. Yeah. If you were to like, even if you go like s- simple numbers, if you're paying 10 bucks for someone to spend nine, that's $10. Let's say you spend 10 grand a day. Dude, you're adding a thousand people to your email list a day. Yeah. And you're breaking even. How big's your email list? <sighs> like 180, 180 K, something like that. And they're all fucking buyers. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want free opt-ins. I can't do it. Because then you call them. They're like, oh, you're trying to sell me shit. I already sold you something. <laughs> you're so a buyer. You, yeah. You come on the list. You're a buyer. Why'd you buy? Where's your business currently at? How could we help you? But you do have opt-ins too. Yeah. Yeah. But we run like maybe 200 bucks a day on the free training one. It just gets like people to watch this video and then we retarget them to book a call. Cause what we've seen is through high is the people who go to that free training, we retarget on book a call. They're cheaper cost for book call, higher close rate. So I've seen that funnel match really well. Got it. But it's like, dude, I'm just so into low ticket. That's dude. If you stick me in front of a low ticket funnel, that is my shit. I will sit there all day. Like we'll pump out two low ticket offers a week. I test every single week, two low ticket offers. All right. We're going to build one with me and I'll be like your case study. Dude, that is, I will build one in the same day. I can write one in the <laughs> same day and I can launch it by, by the nighttime. Like the low ticket starter kit that I ran. Casey saw me in the house. I started at 8 a.m. The ad was done by 4 p.m. It was how, launched. How do you, so like how many variations are you making for your, your testing, right? Because you don't know which first offer is going to work or which second offer is going to work. And- so the thing I'll always say is that if you're running low ticket and if you really want it to be massively profitable, as long as it's congruent to what the high ticket is, some people will launch low ticket offers just as a cash grab. It's not congruent to the back end high ticket. No, you're not making money on the low ticket. Yeah. So- I do in a way where it's like, how do I get someone to buy this shit? Because if they buy this, they have to be looking for that. Yeah. And if I can get that at a 20% loss on day one, I'll scale that to the moon. If I get a 20% ads are going to optimize and yep, all that. My ads will optimize. We'll get the setters to be more trained into the offer. I'll be chilling on that. If I can get a 20% loss, but anything that's like a 50% loss, I'll cut it. Change the copy Remade one it. more time. Yeah. Test it again. If it still flops next, next offer. How much are you spending on a test? I'll spend about four or five grand, but I do it in one day. Cause my rule is 24 hours. Like if I'm going to test anything, it's got to be done within a day. Like I'm not going to let that shit sit for like three, four days. Why? Like people, cause people will spend money on ads. They'll spend 500 bucks a day, thousand bucks a day for five days. You're not going to get your answer day one. Because you're not going to get your answer day one. You're not going to get your answer day one. Cause you're not spending enough. You're not spending enough. I'll get on day one and be like, all right, I spent five grand today. We made 3,700. All right, let me tweak the copy. Let me add some pop-ups or social proof. Let me like with the buttons. Maybe the buttons weren't, you know, maybe let, let me increase the page load speeds. Let me see if the images were taking too long to load. Okay, cool. My FAQ sucked. All right, relaunch it. Split test the headline. What do we make today? So and then I'm like, you'll run right. five grand again the next day. Yeah. And it's then after that, sense. I'll know if it's a flop or not. If it's still bad, you're like, all right, the offer sucks. It's yeah. not all these random things. Yeah. But you change the random things, then all of a sudden it's and sometimes it's just more. sometimes it's just the product name. Mm. Like there's like um, low ticket starter kit is doing well, but I'm like one of my old friends. Um, they call him like Runway Billionaire on Instagram, but he ran something called Low Ticket Millionaire, and that actually did very well mm. because the name and the product name is different. But he had a higher conversion rate. But I'm not going to swipe his idea. So yeah. I'm like, all right, like I'm not going to make it the same name, but like, dude, that one crushed mm. because the name, 
The low ticket millionaire. And dude, I took that same name and went to my upsell with it, but called it low ticket organic millionaire. And my take rate went to 40% instead of 15. Mm. Just because the name of the product. Got it. So it's like changing the name too makes it sexier. Like, um, it's just all part of copy. Yeah. Like, like for Chris's stuff that we're doing right now with the events, we're not doing the whole like property.com angle. We're doing the one deal away.com. Mm. They just want it one deal away. They're one wholesale deal away from quitting their job. Got it. Like, dude, that's, a, that, it, it's, it's already doing well. It's being a good offer. It's yeah. like you're one wholesale deal away. You just got to take this one thing and do it. <laughs> it's like Russell Brunson's angle, like one funnel away. Like people just want to feel that way. Most people are lazy. What do you think about like where ClickFunnels and Brunson and all them are going? I would be scared if I'm Russell because go high level is better. Mm. Like dude, ClickFunnels, I'm be really transparent. It sucks. Like it is the worst thing for $297 that I ever bought. And then I went to go high level and I'm like, bro, it's 97 and it's 10 times better than, than, than ClickFunnels. I just don't see the comparison. How long has go high level been around? It's gotta be almost 10 years now, but it seems like it just started really because they, because they, they revamped the product name. They did the same angle. So they just said, before? they just said ClickFunnels 2.0 and it's the same shit. It's the same thing. Wait. Go high level calls themselves ClickFunnels 2.0? No, no, no. ClickFunnels, oh. the original version, they were like, oh, okay. Well, we've been ClickFunnels for years. We're going to release ClickFunnels 2.0. Okay. And I'm like, dude, it's the same thing. It's like the iPhone. It's the same <laughs> shit every year. Yeah. But Go High Level, they're not changing their name or not, but Go High Level is just way better. So no, but Go High Level has been around for 10 years. I think seven or eight. I would, I would, but I would it have feels to like to me either. anyways, they've been like really gaining traction the last couple of years. And it's all because of the affiliate side, that affiliate side of their business crushed it for them. It wasn't even about the program itself. It was about the fact that business owners could resell them as a SaaS, And that's what made it like insanely, you know, just Viral. like this huge craze. Yeah. Was the resell but, but, of SaaS. But, but once again, though, the offer is good. Yeah. For 97 bucks a month. It's legit. Yeah. It's crazy. It gets rid of all your other SaaS needs. And I was a ClickFunnels user. I thought it was the greatest thing on the planet. I'm like, ClickFunnels, ClickFunnels. And I'm like, damn, this is the worst program ever known to man. I just can't do it. Well, you probably wouldn't think that if you didn't know what go, like if go high level didn't exist. Oh yeah. We would all still be on click files. Yeah. Dude, GHL. I mean, you've already dove into it. You're going to love that thing in six months from now. Crazy. Do you think, um, I'm, I'm contemplating it and I think I know the answer, but right now the sales team is using clothes cause they like how simple. I, and- I used to use clothes. Yeah. Do you think I'm going to end up putting them on go high level sales too? Yeah, you're going to have to just because of the systems, how they're going to cross. How's, like for like you why? to, for you to hook up GHL to close those Zapier integrations are going to be way too confusing. You're going to want to, dude, We're you're starting gonna, to see that, bro. You're going to, you're going to track ROAS. You're going to have to move them to GHL. And that transition dude for me sucked because I was on HubSpot, then close, then GHL. That's literally a, the path, dude. It's a long, path. it's a long transition. Why? And they just got to get used to all the buttons, how it all works, the phone number verifications, all that stuff, A2P. It's going to be a headache for like two to three weeks. You're going to want to shoot yourself, but it's going to be worth it. But like, and then they got to be training in the, you know, like the whole manual call button and the call connect thing, how you can randomly get your sales guy's so you phone. Clo- you think close is way easier to use for a sales guy? Close is easier. But GHL, like once you get into it, if they use GHL for two weeks, they'll be fine. Right. Like I would get them on it right now and have them just start clicking around and feeling it out. Have them start calling leads from the GHL numbers and like, let them feel it, get a taste. 
And then when you completely transition, they're not going to be like, oh my God, like Ryan, what the hell does this do? (laughs) Yeah. That's the conclusion I've come to too. Um, Granted, they set all that up before because they are all like, we love clothes. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Freaking sales team can do whatever they want. And now that I'm in it, I'm like, this ain't going to last. Like just seeing to your point, the back end not communicating properly. And then just, it's just way more headache. And also you have like, you have all your pipelines, your opportunity lines, you got all the tags. Like, dude, you can see what leads have bought. Like close is cool, but it gets a little too complicated sometimes. I don't know. It's just like, and also it hosts all the funnels. So all the shit's in there in GHL for you. Well, I was just thinking like, you know, from the marketing side, yeah, it's there yeah. and it's easy. And like we're, we are housing everything marketing related there. So like, could I get away with the sales team just doing clothes and then a VA, I guess, manually, yeah. but we, well, we don't do low tickets. So like, that's yeah. why, was, but the moment we start, then the volume of transactions. Oh, dude, the GHL thing's going to look sick too when you have low ticket because you're just going to be like running this this pumping pipeline and it's just like insane, dude, how it all comes together. But like the way that you can easily have like custom links for the calendars and custom spots and the AI booking bot in GHL, it's crazy. Yeah. It's so sick, yeah. What is the AI booking bot? Tell me that. So like if someone buys low ticket, you can have this AI that's trained by Chad GPT to literally be your setter through text. Like it'll ask you them questions like, Hey, why'd you buy the low ticket starter kit? Oh, you run a beauty business. Awesome. What kind of beauty business? And it knows like it'll go back and forth through text and then set an appointment. That's what Dan. Okay. So that's what Dan was talking about. He did. Dude. Yeah. He created some crazy yeah, logic. AI, yeah. Yeah. It's like a thousand bucks a month. It's honestly worth it. Yeah. Dan shit's cool. Yeah. Yeah. But like, the, um, dude, the, the. He's the, like, I'll send you ticket. all the logic if you want it. And I was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like the low ticket to high is going to be cool. Plus even opt-ins too. Like how all the workflows and automations are going to work for you. It's going to be sick. Yeah. No, I'm excited for it. And that, to like bring it all full circle. That's why I realized that up to this point, we've gotten poor ROASs when it comes to paid ads. Um, and like, we've only been profitable because of so much organic Mm -hmm. traffic, right? It was masking the issues with all the different leaks. And now that I've spent the last two months rebuilding all of it in the behind the scenes, I'm like, dude, like I'm a pretty smart guy. And so for me to have this big of an issue, I can't imagine what normal people are having as issues. Mm -hmm. And when they're not closing deals and everything for these agencies, like they think it's the ads and cause the, that that's always the leads suck. And then the, the leads do not suck. Yeah. It's just always, <laughs> and, and it could be that your sales team sucks at sales, but to me anyways, I think it's more so this, all the things that happen in between lead to salesperson. Yeah. And you uh, can't yeah. really fix that. Yeah, you can't, but it's like, well, you can fix it, but I'm just telling well, yeah, everyone. Yeah, it's, you it's can really fix it, hard. but it takes a lot of time to revamp and a yes. lot of training and honestly, a lot of money. Because you just told me another thing where I'm just like, damn, dude, all right, I'm going to have to, <laughs> there's there's another month basically that's going to have to to happen to switch. Um, but I understand how hard and how valuable it is. But like, once again, agency wise, you'd be like, I don't know. I just, I'm like, how do they make money? Like I was talking to um, my buddy, Neil Patel and Neil runs an agency, but not in the way that isn't all SEO. 
Um, no. So he has a massive agency for enterprise companies. Gotcha. And so they manage literally like billions of ad spend. And, um, we were just talking about it one time on the podcast and he was like, yeah, you know, we will, we'll go bid to go get Coca-Cola's ad spend or Cisco's ad spend. And they're going to go spend 200 million bucks with us. And like, we got to manage it and, you know, spend it properly and do hit their initiatives. And, you know, the sales cycle to get that account is so big and long. Oh, yeah. And he's like, we also have to front their ad spend for them because they can demand it. Right. There's like all these other agencies they get to choose from. And so mm-hmm. they'll, they'll, they'll make them do net 30 for them, you know? Huh. And I was like, wow, there's a lot that goes into that. But you know, you think about it and I'm like, all right, well those guys, yeah, that makes sense. You know, when you're dealing with that big of ad spend, I don't know what they, they charge on it or how that, you know, Yeah. but it's like, yeah, I could see how that makes sense because you ain't worried about their system or business being broke. Like yeah. they got it all dialed in. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah, dude, Neil, Neil's been a tank for years now. Mm-hmm. He's been in the space for so long. God. Yeah. He he was telling me some stuff that I never even considered with ads and, you know, SEO and all that stuff's what he's known for. But even, um, I saw he said the other day, he goes, hey, people are like, Neil, should I start a, a blog and, you know, build up my SEO, my business and all this stuff? And he's like, no. You know, if you're going to go put time and effort into something, you should start a podcast. Those are his words. And he goes, I forgot the math he had behind it, but it was like, there are hundreds of millions of blogs and articles and things right now. Like, um, there's basically one blog per every five people. He's like, there are only like 5 million podcasts. And there are a lot of people listening to podcasts who also spend more money than people who read blogs. He's like, podcast viewers are the biggest spenders. And he was like, so think about it. There's only 5 million podcasts for the, you know, 300 million people in America. There's an undersupply of podcasts. There's, there's an oversupply of blogs. That was his, that was his thesis. And I've been saying it. I just didn't really know why. Like I, I had my reasons why That's I believe good for content too, dude, you, you, you do content without stressing yourself out about doing certain topics. Oh yeah. Well, no, the content, the relationships, the yeah. long form, the clips, all of it. Like I already knew it was great for all those reasons. But when he said that, I was like, okay, that's the part I'd never could, could like explain because to me, I was like, podcast is undervalued right now. I don't know how to explain it other than I see all the benefits I get, but now I, I can explain that. Yes. It's also undersupplied relative to other forms of social media. Yeah. So, you know, it's like how many digital marketing podcasts are there where people are talking about ads and traffic? Like there's not many, like Neil's been doing it for like 10 years, but he hasn't really had much competition. Yeah. I mean, I just started mine like six months ago. It does. Okay. We get a lot of clients who watch it and buy. Exactly. We track all the clicks and it's great, dude. It's, it's sick. Yeah. And you said it does. Okay. Like maybe it's not getting a ton of downloads or anything yet, but when you look at like how many people it gets to buy based on, Oh yeah. Dude, it adds easily actually like 20, 30 K a month for us, which is fine. I mean, whatever, but it's like, I don't have to put up any money to really do it. It's not like this expensive thing. Yeah. So it's like, and podcast clips go more viral. Yeah. They get more views. Yep. And those views push them to watch the full episode and, and then you collab. Yeah. Uh, dude, it's wrapped. Yeah. So what do you think is um 
for anybody who's thinking about doing paid traffic next year, I, I think you're going to say they need to just to get a low ticket offer, but like, <laughs> what do you think? I mean, next year it's going to be interesting because I don't know where the economy is going. So it's like, what's going to make your, like, what's going to make your offer a little bit different from everybody else? Cause everybody's running the same shit, dude. Yeah. Everybody's running the, you see all these ads like, Oh, like three reasons we'll like, uh, we'll get you 30 qualified book calls in the next 30 days or whatever. Everybody's running. Everybody's running the same shit. Yeah. So it's like, how do you make your offer so sexy and different that people actually want to impulse buy? Mm. Um, second thing is, is having your numbers and like your omnipresence. Yeah. So like you're running ads on multiple platforms, but like what actually winds up scooping up the buyer? Like, how are you tracking that? Three is focusing on the boring shit. Like your sales team, the setters, the automations, like the stuff that business owners don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And then fourth is honestly online of uh, like is, is the event space. Yeah, I agree. Dude, like the event space crushes. The ROAS is ridiculous. If you're sitting there, I don't care if you don't have a lot of followers, you don't have to have a crazy following. You run a good local event and you run ads in a 15 mile race, you get 50 people in a room and you can't make a hundred grand. That's sad. <laughs> like it's the easiest way. Like I say people this on like coaching calls and stuff is if you want to make a hundred grand a month extra run live events and not even a hundred grand, dude, you can make half a million a month extra. Mm -hmm. Like it's the easiest way to make money. You don't need to have a massive sales team. You don't, you, you go in person, you pitch and you make money. Speaking of that, back to ROAS, you know, you said the live event you're like, dude, I might make, you know, half a million, um, lifetime value from these guys. And it cost me 10 grand to run the event. Like that's a 50 X, you know, when it's all said and done. Um, what kind of ROAS do you think is like industry standard for like high ticket? For high ticket? We're not talking events. We're talking like just anything from like 5K up. Mm-hmm. At least a seven and a half, eight. Really? At least. Yeah. Because you got to pay your closer 15%, 10, whatever you're doing. Uh, on top of that, your ad spend might be higher based off your cost per book call. Mm-hmm. And then your cost per qualified call and then mm-hmm. your show rate and mm-hmm. then your sales cycle. Um, and also it allows you like at a seven, and by, by the way, when I was 7.5 to eight, that's with a 30 day Ascension. There should be an Ascension in 30 days. There should be an add on that they buy or something that they get activated into. Like if you're selling a 5k course or a 5k program, they buy as soon as they get their first win, which has to be in 30 days, your closers calling them again. Hey, we have this. And it's 16, it's 18,000, whatever it is. You just keep activating them along the funnel. So like, I mean, your cost per customer too, it also depends on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fastest thing that I'll always say, dude, is that if you could break even on your ad spend, which is low ticket, you don't have to worry about ad spend. And you get more followers. You get a shit ton of engagement. Your ads are seen everywhere. Like it's crazy. Like now more than ever, because I'm spending a lot of money on low ticket offers. Like I never had this issue two years ago, but dude, I'll leave the house and I'll go out and I get noticed by four or five people walking down the street. And I'm like, holy shit. Cause they yeah. see all the ads, like spending that much money a day just gets you noticed so frequently. Mm. So it's like, cause then those people, you might shake their hand in person. Do they go home and buy some shit from you? <laughs> and it's like, it's so weird. And then they take a picture with you in person. They go on Instagram and tag you and then you post it and it's free exposure. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just easier to Find a way to break even in 24 hours on your ads, bud. How much do you think it's different when like you get these guys who are just doing ads, but they don't make content, you know, like to me anyways, like 
I, you know, you'll see guys on ads and it's like, oh, I recognize like you, you have all the ads or whatever. Right. But they don't know you mm-hmm. versus like guys who people know because they listen to their pod, like their actual fans. Have you seen any difference there yet? The only difference that I would see is that you can't scoop them up organically because they wouldn't be posting content. Right. And a lot of the buyers that you'll get are on the fence. The way, the reason why they're on the fence is they can't find anything about you because you're behind the scenes. Yeah. So you get out of that, like going (coughs) past the fence ordeal by having organic. Mm -hmm. Because people will get on the phone with my sales guys and they're they're ready to buy. They're like, yo, I've been watching Wojo for weeks now. I can't get off my phone without seeing a video. So I, he must be doing something right. I'm ready to buy. Like, what do you guys got? And that's usually what they say because it's easy. Right. I mean, they probably give you the same thing too. They have to. Mm-hmm. Probably do. Like I've seen Ryan Schiff for weeks now. Like he's been in the space for years. Like I have to buy. Yeah. Like he's doing something right. Yeah. And that's usually what we get on the phone a lot. Got it. No, that's interesting, man. No, I'm excited, dude. I'm excited to launch a low ticket. We'll have to see how it goes. And, uh, you know, if we can get the free booked calls, dude, that's the gold. Bro, that. I just like, like in my zone of genius now in my life, it's like, dude, if I could just sit there and just like write low ticket, dude, I do it all day. That's <laughs> all I do. Yeah. Cause it's fun, dude. And the way that I write copy is insane. Like it's, that's my, that's my zone of genius is copy and offers. The ads are cool. Like, yeah, I'm good at ads, but like, dude, if I have the copy and the offer and I have the funnel, it's, it's a wrap. It, it's a wrap. Yeah. Like there literally has not been a low ticket offer. That's not made money that I've ran. And I've ran probably over 90 offers. Hmm that are low ticket. And I've never had one that's, well, I've had three that have flopped, but then I was able to pivot and find one that worked. They led to one that yeah. worked. Yeah. It's just part of the process. Yeah. Well, sure dope, dude, how do people connect with you, man? Yeah. So they can go on Instagram uh, at the Jason Wojo. Can't DM me, unfortunately. Uh, click but the link you, in the bio. Yeah. Click the link in the bio. If you want to book a demo call, it's jasonrunsads.com forward slash scale. Um, and then our agency site is www.thewojomedia.com. And then if you want to come to an event, it is scaleyouradsevents.com. Mm. I think you broke the cardinal rule of, um, of, uh, offers and, and confusion. Yeah. Don't they always say you should only just like make one yeah. direct offer so that people figure just, if they're like, oh, I want to see them in person, maybe they can come to an event. <laughs> they tell me that all the time. They're like, Ryan, you have too many companies and too many <laughs> offers. It's confusion. They don't know what to buy. And I was like, so anytime I'm like, all right, fine. One call to action yeah. here. Just go to Instagram, honestly. That's yeah. where I post everything. Go to Instagram. There you go. All right. Well, guys, hope you enjoyed this episode, getting in the nitty gritty of ads. Let me know if you did in the comments, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. I just did a 50-day challenge live on YouTube. I closed 125 contracts in 50 days. We don't manufacture deals. We find deals. And if you're sitting there and you're trying to manufacture that deal, then it's probably going to be a mistake. The hard part becomes dispo. How the heck do 